Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Monday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, we have a Stanley Cup champion. Congrats to the Colorado Avalanche. Congrats to Kale McCarr, the 23-year-old Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Uh, congrats to Devon Tapes, who we all <laughs> wish was still on the Islanders. Uh, and that they they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games, uh, bringing that dynasty to a close. Um, I didn't watch much. We'll talk about this in a few minutes. You, you definitely watched way more than I did. Uh, and so, uh, what were your impressions, takeaways from, uh, that series? And, uh, you won a little bit of money on an unlikely goal score yeah. that I definitely want to hear more about, uh, how that happened. Yeah, I, we could definitely start with that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, some of my favorite bets to make our first goal scorer bets in hockey and soccer and there, there's no like rhyme or reason you're, you're not going to come out ahead right like in those unless you get really lucky and uh it's just they're fun because if you do get lucky you throw a dart and and, you, and it lands in the right, right. spot like some you goofball get paid wins you some money you know right <laughs> yeah exactly so um my friend uh, uh, uh who lives in california i was just talking about who we were going to bet for first goal scorer and he said uh perry and nachuskin and so I was putting in those bets, and then um, for, for for me, of course, wouldn't wouldn't commit wire fraud and, and put the bets <laughs> in for him. Uh, and uh, so I was putting in those bets for myself, and I was just like looking at the board, and uh, I was just thinking like I saw I saw Jan Ruda's name at the very bottom at eighty <laughs> to one, and there were players who weren't playing in the game who were listed ahead of him because in those markets, 
bookmakers just kind of don't pay attention to the right. bottom of the board. Like they know that, look, if, if someone, if Jan Ruta scores mm. the first goal, there's going to be four or five people out there who bet it and all the money that they're going to make from the people who had McKinnon and mm. right. and, and Stamkos, whatever is, is going to pay for it. So they just really don't pay attention that much. So you can catch kind of minor mistakes <laughs> and sometimes they pay off. And yeah, like Cal foot who wasn't going to play, uh, was it like 60 to one and, Curtis McDermott of all people was like above him too. So like these people who weren't going to play were above him. So uh, I was just like, fuck, screw it up. I'll, I'll put 22 bucks on, on Jan Ruda. I think because <laughs> I had 22 bucks left in my account or something. I don't know why it was 22, <laughs> but yeah, it hit. Uh, and uh, I saw that our, our buddy, Jeff Merrick, you know, tweeted, like, you know, Jan Ruda makes it one, nothing just as we all predicted. As like, <laughs> you know, Jeff, some of us mm. did. It was uh, 22 because Jan Ruda was Mike Bossy in this case. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, so I mean, around. <laughs> he's, he's a, uh, you know, one of, uh, one of my favorite players in the NHL now, even though he scored, <laughs> scored against the Islanders uh, right. last year. And a sim- it was funny. Similarly, his goal against the Islanders, if I remember correctly, was a slap shot from around the same area, but it was through traffic and it was just a great shot like top corner. Mm. Uh, whereas this one was just a Darcy Kemper, you know, actually <laughs> the person who I should be thanking is Darcy Kemper. Uh, more than <laughs> but generally like the series as a whole, I thought the first two games, like the first game was all right. The second game kind of, and third game were kind of, um, and the series really reached a fever pitch with that game five, which I thought was one of the best hockey games as a neutral observer, um, that I've watched in, in quite some time. Uh, you know, I don't have much skin in the game uh, for, for that. Like, I'm not talking about, you know, games where the Rangers would be playing. Because obviously when the Lightning beat the Rangers, that was the best game of the, <laughs> the postseason. Just just, just outdone or just barely ahead of the when the Lightning beat the Ranger, uh, the Leafs <laughs> in Game 7. But um, this one is just as a neutral observer. It was great because it, it had that, that kind of – there's like a lot of – it felt like it was supposed to be a coronation. For the Avalanche coming back home for Game Five, everybody in, in the hockey media was so geared up to hear the Avalanche crowd sing the Blink One Eighty Two song. Like you couldn't you couldn't avoid hearing people gush over that <laughs> and the crowd there. And then uh, yeah, then the Lightning kind of just came in and, and did what they do. It was just it was like it was like a cool game to watch. Um, very, uh, we'll talk about this later. But it, it re- really reminded me of a great dead puck era game where it was like you know there was just bodies flying everywhere wasn't much room on the ice people kind of getting away with hooks and and holds a very physical uh it it felt it felt like you were watching uh a game where it was like you know roman checkmonic versus roman turek or something in in the goals (laughs) like it was it was really cool i guess actually it would have been roman checkmonic versus versus like patrick wah considering Mm. how good vasilevsky is but um I thought that game was awesome. So then game six was kind of a little disappointing just um, compared to that one. But I'll I'll just say this again, like because the Rangers and Leafs weren't in it, it was just really nice to have a Stanley cup final for the first time, probably since the Bruins and blues one where you didn't feel jaded. And Mm. also there was like, no, you you, you just, I could like generally kind of just ignore it until it was on. Because mm. the last two obviously featured the team that beat the Islanders in the conference final, and then uh, this this one was just 
you know, it was just like a, it, you could have been an Islander fan. You could have been a Senator fan. You could have been a, a Predator fan, whoever, uh, Sharks. And we all kind of were just watching this one with the same kind of vantage point, which was just, a, it was a cool storyline between the two-time defending champs and, and uh, the dynasty era parents, I guess. Um, <laughs> so it was, yeah, I thought the, the actual games were, were, were fun. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see if uh, if they're a dynasty in the making yeah. Uh, yet. But uh, I watched surprisingly little of this. I, I tuned in for the one overtime game, which was, I guess, game four, uh, which was won in about five minutes <laughs> with that very weird goal uh, that was called very weirdly in a weird way. Uh, and we're going to talk about a lot about that uh, in the <laughs> second half of this episode. But uh, I just felt kind of burnt out. Like, I, I, I believe you. I've heard nothing but great things about that game five in particular, I know people were super excited to see like really two, two very high, uh, high end offensive clubs go at it for the, the cup. And, and that's all fine and good. And, and I hope people really enjoyed it. And they seem to have, uh, I mean, even if you're a lightning fan, shit, I mean, yeah. Okay. They lost, but I mean, dude, you just, <laughs> this is your third straight final. You won two, you know, I, I don't think they're that, they're that broken up about it. Um, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Like I just, I'm so burnt out yep. this Islander season was so draining and so <laughs> exhausting that I didn't even feel like tuning in. I just, I couldn't be bothered to bring it. And what's funny is like it, a lot of those games coincided with like wrestling and I wanted to watch AEW uh, instead because it was just something completely divorced from anything that I've been watching, you know, uh, hockey wise this year. And uh, I just, I couldn't do it to, to that point. Like, I think that was it. It's it's weird how how people approach that differently. For me, <laughs> the reason I wanted to watch it was just because mm. of how exhausting the Islanders season was. And and like we've said on this podcast a lot, the Islanders season didn't end until the Rangers were done. So it was game <laughs> six of the Eastern Conference Finals. So it was almost like okay, like it's over. That's that part's over. Maybe I can try to actually enjoy the hockey for a second mm. here. Um, yeah, and that, I think that's why I did like it as much as I did because. Uh, I mean, the on route, I think didn't hurt, but like it, it just generally like <laughs> yeah. it just felt so good to not have to have any stakes in in the, uh, you know, in, in the contest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't have minded if if Tampa had come back and, and it, at some point, you know, the the kind of online um, sort of pulling for the avalanche made me almost root for for the lightning to come back yeah. and disappoint a lot of people. I, as, you're as not alone. Like, They're yeah. definitely not alone in that. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of weird. I'm like, am I really rooting for these guys to win these games? Um, but uh, but yeah, McCarr did crazy stuff. Uh, you know, to be 23 and to win the Con Smythe is absurd. Like that, I don't even know who who has done that. He was the first unanimous winner, which is also something you think. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Like, doesn't Gretzky have three of these things? Nobody, you know, <laughs> who else got votes those years? I don't know. I mean. The Islanders had four different Conn Smythe Trophy winners in their dynasty. Oh, and I guess that's the other thing too is like you know the dynasty now is is safe once again. Uh, but you know the Avalanche, they're young, they're good. Uh, I don't know how many more Stanley Cups Darcy Kemper has in them. I'm surprised he had the one <laughs> in them. So I guess he goes to show. But um, you know there, there's one guy that people seem to be really happy for. Obviously, you know again I was joking about Devontae before, but um, that's that's really great. And, and even even up till yesterday's game, which I again, was watching AEW Forbidden Door instead of, I, I saw a couple of tweets that were like, you know, Devon Taves was 
was acquired for two second round picks. It's like, okay, are we going to really do this now every single time this guy plays seriously? And we get it. But one person that people were really happy for, Nazem Kadri, who I want to remind everybody was acquired for not very much more than two second round picks. He was acquired for Tyson Berry, who no longer plays for the Leafs, and Alex Kerfoot, who's basically like a second or third liner. Um, And that part doesn't come up. Because apparently Nazem Kadri's always played for the Avalanche. He never once played for the Leafs and was, you know, run out of town as being like a lunatic. And uh, he had a great line afterwards saying that, you know, people thought I was liability in the playoffs. They can kiss my ass. So good on you, Nazem Kadri. Yeah. You tell him. <laughs> I like to, I like to think that was that's aimed at one person. Oh, oh, we uh, know it is. Yeah. yeah so sure. and yeah. Uh, <laughs> also just you know begs begs reminding that Kadri to. Up until this summer, when he's he's now going to cash in, was right. signed to a very very team friendly deal. Yes. So not only did they trade a good player, but they traded one that they could have afforded to keep. <laughs> and the architect of that contract was none other than the old hockey man himself, the evil emperor <laughs> Lou Lamarillo. So uh, yeah, the the uh, that was nice. That was, that and was it was it was it was also nice to to see. Uh, Leaf Leaf fans like like some some tweets from like Leaf fans from uh, when the Lightning beat them uh, or beat the Panthers and then everyone you know they they went on that like hypothetical mm, situation yeah. right like and some of those resurfaced which was great uh, you know to, to it, it was just nice to get another laugh at the Leafs uh, before <laughs> uh, Bill Daly because Gary Bettman of course had COVID yes. uh, handed out the the Stanley Cup so it, it, I do appreciate that. I got one more snicker in it at, uh, at the Leafs. <laughs> um, and uh, and for some reason, speaking of uh, last appearances, for some reason, Sidney Crosby came up. And I don't know why, <laughs> and I don't care. Quite frankly, I don't I guess it goes because Nathan McKinnon is the Cole Harbour. Dude, I don't care. Just stop talking about Sidney Crosby. He didn't play in the series. Get lost with this. He lost to the team that lost to these guys. Get out of here. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the one thing, too, that, that kind of bugged me, and I, I kind of alluded to this before, was the sort of like, you know, um, the, the online chatter uh, about surrounding these two teams, particularly the Avalanche. And it wasn't long before, you know, they were still skating around with the cup when you started seeing stuff like, you know, the Avalanche really do value analytics and they just won the cup. So there you go. And it's like, you know, I'm really so sick of this. And I'm just like, it, it, it the thing that drives me crazy about it is that like, there are tens of thousands of decisions that go into how a team is built. Any team, including Avalanche, Lightning, whoever. And like there are some based on analytics, which, you know, is a smart thing to do. And then there are some that aren't. And you can't tell me that the team that had Jack Johnson on their third defensive pairing, one of the most divisive and <laughs> derided players of the hockey Twitter era, is somehow, you know, the, the team that's all about the numbers like what the hell is he doing there then like i don't understand even darcy kemper like they didn't want darcy kemper to be their goalie he's it was you know when the musical chair stopped he was the only one left who you know had like you know two working legs basically and it's just like i don't understand like why we have to do this all the time it's so annoying and what it does is it minimizes all the other smart decisions that were made outside of this it just boils this this huge network uh, and this huge story into this one thing and it's just it's so like i I don't know it's demoralizing i don't know if that's really the word like it's just it's it's awful and like i just remember not long ago when joe sackick was being vilified because he was dragging his feet and trading matt duchene remember that yeah and like when he finally traded him they were like 
oh, okay, that's a pretty good deal. Like, yeah, all right. <laughs> well, like he went, he went overnight. He went from being a dope to a genius. Like, yeah, I, it's just you know it drives me crazy. You're right. It's just like they, it, it, it's not one thing, right? Like they, right. everyone boils it down to like this. It's it's like binary. It's right. this team yes. is either pro analytics or anti analytics, right? Which is incredibly strange and awkward and wrong. Uh, it's just wrong, wrong. Like- right? Because every team, <laughs> I think if you if you lined up every team uh, and asked them to to like jot down their budget towards uh, you know data and research and whatever, what is it? R and R and T is that what is it? Rach- <laughs> R- research R and D, R and D, R and D, R and D, yeah, research and development. Uh, I think. It would all be prorated towards like what those teams can spend. Like the Leafs obviously are mm. a very wealthy team. The Rangers are a very wealthy team. So of course their departments are going to be robust mm. uh in when like in on the fringes, because that stuff isn't salary capped. So they can spend more money on stuff like that than the Islanders or the Arizona Coyotes mm. can. So yeah. um you you have to just win within your means. And the the my favorite trope about these um I don't know how to, to, to these people, I guess is, yeah. I don't mean that meanly. I'm just like, is that if you're a good player, you're like part of this like bucket of analytics players. And if you're a bad player or perceived to be one, you're not. So it's like, no, what you guys are doing is you're just saying, Hey, Nathan McKinnon is really good. Mm. Yeah. I know that I'm watching the same exact game as you right. guys are. Like, I know he's good. And I know he's, I can tell you right now, like, did you know he's good at, at, at gaining and, and exiting the zone with the puck on a stick? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and I didn't, I like, I, I do know that because I'm watching it. Right. Um, so do I like, I just don't understand it. Uh, this, this is a team uh, that is the whole point of the avalanche of people like them is they play a very easy on the eye stick like style right. of hockey for most people for me i actually prefer the dead puck era style <laughs> of hockey like i do i i, I like i love those like two one games and um you know watching these teams just you know go go to go to town on one another and right. keith primo scoring the game winning goal in like third <laughs> overtime or whatever like that's I mean, my that's you don't my even jam. have to go back to keith primo i mean we used we were not are not far far removed from watching like jg pajo and right. casey Zizekas choke the life out of teams too exactly like, <laughs> like that's that's our and 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 i think it, maybe this is recently biased but like i think i i enjoyed the style of hockey more <laughs> even pre-trots like right. i just it's just and and it's all because like you're just being told mm. what you're supposed to like as a fan like no right. you you're if you're neutral you have to be rooting for the avalanche because they're the team that look at these charts like that the charts <laughs> like there's more red yep. on the avalanche chart chart than there is on the lightning chart so you have to root for them no, no i don't like <laughs> i can root for i can root for whoever i want i can say that i like jack johnson and i i find him amusing that mm. he pisses all these people off and ends up on this team him and curtis <laughs> mcdermott i remember when they oh, got yeah. mcdermott like People were like, "Oh, they felt betrayed. Like, oh, mm. how could how could Sackick do this to us? Right. We thought he was going in the right direction, and he didn't sign Vince Dunn. He signed Curtis McDermott. Like, how <laughs> could he do this to us? Um, and yeah, that you watched Curtis McDermott and and uh, Darren Helm. I was gonna say Darren Helm <laughs> freaking won them a series. Yeah, all like, things you know. It's so, just yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's such a, a, a exhausting, yeah. annoying debate, and I do feel like the tide is starting to turn, like where more, more people than not are kind of in on the, I don't know, the joke or like why have wisened up to the fact yeah. that yeah, like this this is not how you're supposed to treat 
this is not like normal rational behavior <laughs> that these people are uh displaying um in terms of like it's it's like it's like an an affront to them when uh right. something is perceived to be what what is perceived to be bad like positive ex- or negative expected value happens on a hockey rink uh but that's 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 it like people were like oh this is this is great because the favorite one and uh you know the, t- the the team the team the good best teams like made it through like less volatility bet like more scoring equals less volatility and that's what we all want like who why right. the whole point of the nhl is that like all of a sudden it's right. oilers hurricanes in the stanley cup and right. like ty conklin is in the goal like that's the <laughs> nhl that's what the whole point of it well and and the hurricanes are still to this day very much the poster child for that because they are the ones who pile up all the shots and yet they lose in the second round and it's just like, well, okay, you know, but now they've found a new team to to glom onto. So yeah, it, it does it does really ruin the enjoyment of it. And it's like, you know, I, I want to just sit back and enjoy the game. I don't want to have to have this kind of hanging over me. And and if you've been on long online as long as we have, you have to detoxify yourself from this. So hopefully uh over the course of the next few months, uh we'll be able to do that. Um well, yeah. y- y- yeah, you're you're speaking like someone who's not ready for all the contract projections <laughs> for free agents. There are already Nassim happening. Kadri made a yeah. made got signed to an eight year eight million dollar. We only had him projected for four years six million. Like this is, this is terrible. <laughs> Who uh, had uh, Timothy Lilligren signing for uh, two years at uh, one point five per? I guess yeah. or maybe not. I don't even know what it is. But yeah, I hate that I know these things. But you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So so now now we can begin the off season, and uh, there are a few names out there. Kadri being one of them. Uh, Johnny Goudreau is still out there, hasn't signed yet. Um, you know, um, who are the all the other guys? I'm thinking. Oh, John Klingberg, who yes is a right defenseman. Thank you to everybody who pointed that out. Um, but uh, when the, even though the Islanders need lefties, uh, guys on that side. Um, so uh, you know, it's interesting now because it will start in earnest, I guess. Uh, oh, uh, we've seen some coach movement. Sorry, I forgot. We forgot to talk about this. Um, Bruce Cassidy now coaches in Vegas. Uh, Peter DeBoer coaches in Dallas. There, like there can be. An apocalypse, uh, you know, like Mad Max style. And if there's still hockey, Peter DeBoer will be coaching a team somewhere. I don't know what this guy does. I have never been too impressed with any of his teams. They all end up in the final somehow at one point. But he is now in Dallas. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Bruins still looking for somebody. But, um, oh, the uh, Panthers have decided to go with Paul Maurice, another guy who just sort of is. Like, I don't know. That's strange. I, 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 he seems like a really smart guy. He's always – you know, he has his good press conferences. But, like, Paul Maurice to me is sort of like the median hockey coach. Like, he's a good coach, and he'll make your team good. And that's as far as it'll go. And I just – I watched that 2002 Stanley Cup final too. Like, <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, it's the Whalers. Uh, now the Hurricanes in the Cup final. That's weird. And that dude – with the glasses, he's still there. Wow, how about that? It's, and that was twenty years ago. Like, that's, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the the coaching carousel has been right hilarious in a lot of ways. Whereas for for a lot of the guys like Peter DeBoer, I mean, you could have told me he's been coaching the Dallas Stars for ten years. Right. It, was, it yeah. makes perfect sense that he's there, <laughs> and it makes a lot of sense. Like Bruce Cassidy, same way. I'm like, oh, him and Vegas are a perfect fit for each other. Like, right. um, and then you get to the, what the Panthers did, and it just was so strange. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I don't, I don't think like them not bringing back Andrew Brunette is a huge deal. The guy was thrust into being a mm. head coach at, in, in kind of despicable circumstances, not by his 
Mm. obviously doing but um and he had to deal with that and kind of just took over a team that was i think they were like undefeated at the time at the end of october they're like 11 and 0 mm. they started yeah like, they had a crazy star yeah started like a house on fire and <laughs> uh he just didn't need to do anything uh until the playoffs when you, you meet john cooper and uh he got out coached and they almost lost to the capitals and mm. uh so I, I don't think letting him go was the wrong decision but the, the way they went about it was just so uh let's just say if the islanders had done that oh boy like it, <laughs> things things would have been right. and, and the islanders did something n- not all that dissimilar mm. uh with with trots but like obviously a lot more context is needed to both those things but but it was like a surprising move whereas the, the islanders kind of just got ahead of it did it pretty quickly after the season ended, whereas the Panthers waited a couple of months only to hire Paul Maurice. Like, <laughs> it, it wasn't like, oh, they were like, oh, Barry Trotz is on the market. We can go right. get him or Bruce Cassidy's on the market. This, these are obvious upgrades over Andrew Brunette. Mm. They they got Paul Maurice. So very, right. very that was incredibly. The uh, guy who was so burnt out on coaching that he just right. up and quit. Like he was like, my heart's not in it anymore. And I just can't do it. And it's like. And, and, and speaking of like with Trotz not right. taking that, taking the job in Winnipeg, uh, and and kind of alluding to or admitting, I guess, to to what we all suspected if he didn't coach was that he he was pretty burnt out as well from, mm. from the same Islander season that that, that did us <laughs> in did Barry in, um, and the the thing I'll take from that exclusive interview on NHL.com was that there was like a paragraph in there about how he he like. There were no hard feelings, I guess is mm. the best way to yes. say it. And, and like almost like un- he understood the decision and, and said that he had talked to Lou the day that the interview came out or something, yeah. which is just so funny to think that, the, you know, that this guy just kind of fired you. And, and it really does make me think that it was a, a pretty clear that it, this was this upcoming season would be Barry's last no matter what. And he would have been like, then I'm taking a break. And so they were probably like, yeah, like then we need to bring in Lambert because he's going to be coaching somewhere else if, if we don't. And, uh, or at least those, those were factored into the decision, but it, it's just nice to know that he trots didn't feel like he was, you know, th- th- thrown into a guillotine or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually he said, I got to pull the thing up. He said, I totally understand. And I have so much respect for Lou. I talked to him today, meaning the day of this interview, we've got a great relationship. It's so funny that every, every time something like that happens where someone's been, traded away from the Islanders and, and this is probably stuff that has happened with the devils and maybe the least, but I, you, you just, Lou wasn't part of, you know, I wasn't paying attention to it mm. back then. Cause he wasn't the GM of the team I was rooting for, but uh, that like, cause I remember when Taves, they talked about, they talked to Taves yeah. before the season about the training. He's like, I love Lou. Like if I saw yeah. him today, I'd give him a big hug. He's such a loyal guy. And <laughs> uh, there, there's been so many people who right. <laughs> everyone just assumes hates Lou that they're like, like Josh Hosang. I was going to say Hosang <laughs> yeah. was another one too. Yeah. No, yeah, Taves, it was recent. Like when they played, they're like, Oh, do right, you have any hard right. feelings? Like, I don't know. We talked about that. Like, why would Devon Taves have hard feelings? Right. You said him to the best team in the league. Like, exactly. what would you <laughs> It does. It seems like he he like looks. He's looking out for the the human being. He's, he's right. not trading him to Arizona. He's trading right. him to the the team that is built in right. Devon Taves's image. Basically, like this. Is, I, I I I'm of the firm belief that Devon Taves is a great hockey player, really mm. good. And the Islanders should have never, obviously never traded him. But had he gone to Los Angeles or or mm. Chicago or something, it's not like he he'd be doing or have the reputation he has now. It's just because of where he's playing next to Kale McCarr. 
Yeah, right. Uh, which, yeah. which is going to boost right. uh, your reputation. If those two picks were coming from the Vancouver Canucks, we definitely would not have heard as much about <laughs> yeah, Devontae, exactly. to tell you right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Trotz, for those that missed the news, won't be coaching this year. He says he's not he's not done coaching forever, but definitely not this year. He's got a lot of personal stuff to sort out. Again, don't forget his, his mom passed away earlier this year, and his dad is is on the older side. Uh, he's got a number of kids, uh, and you know he's got some some stuff to take care of, and and we respect that decision for sure. Uh, you know it. I mean, there'll be other openings. Let's be honest. It's it's hockey. It's no time. You know, I do, however, that being said, feel bad for the Winnipeg Jets fans. Yeah. It's kind of funny that it, it almost it's it's almost sort of like a like a mirror sort of bizarro image of the whole Tavares thing where like, you know, he he, he went back to his hometown and everybody sort of they, they didn't really they didn't really have room for him, but they kind of made room for him. And it was this whole big thing. And he, he went there and he obviously wanted to go there, whereas like the Jets have the opening. And they need the coach. And he's just like, my heart's not in it. I can't do yeah. it. <laughs> and so who knows who's going to end up coaching there? That's the other thing, too. Like, now, nah, now who do they get? So there's a bunch of kids. And, and then imagine being that coach and being like, yeah, like I got the, right. the shadow of trots looming over me at all <laughs> at all corners. So Right. Exactly. Uh, and so. and same, same with John Hines in Nashville. If Nashville gets up to a slow right. start oh, yeah. next so, year, it's like – yeah, there's a rumor that yeah Barry's going to eventually take a like a management position in Nashville. He bought a house down there, and yeah, same exact thing. Yeah, John Hines. Yeah, they got off to a slow start, and, and he just signed an extension too. But you know, right? Uh, they're that that those things can be torn up, especially if they have a new owner who's going to want to, you know, make a nice first impression. So, but yeah, in any event, have, isn't it like the, the former governor? What's yeah. up with all the teams being sold? Like the Panthers know. are for sale. The Predators, then the Penguins yeah. got sold. The Senators yeah. might be sold. It's just very. Weird. Well, the senators now uh, Melnick's daughters run them. So yeah, uh, there's. I think they, yeah. they. I guess they didn't make the decision yet if they're going to sell no. it or not. Um, but they might be. Uh, they 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 have their sort of Belmont Park situation happening here. So so good for them uh, if that if that works. I and mean, this is. I'm not even a senators fan, and I feel like I've followed this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, we're we're senator fans. We, we we like it's 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 there's a there's that small market little brother right. syndrome that that we can share. It's. Uh, which is nice, just like how we have the dynasty alliance with the the Canadians and the right. uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend alliance with with the devils. So with the it's, devils, it's, that's true. Yeah, and we need to put all that in writing because that's yeah, definitely exactly. all true. Yeah, <laughs> and the, with the ducks as well, yeah. the little brother syndrome also. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so be well, Barry. Take take all the time you need, dude. Seriously, yeah, <laughs> it's, you're, you're you're safe with us. Uh, all right, so we're gonna uh, put a pin in this right now. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, including the draft which is around the corner, uh, literally in the middle of next week. Go figure about that. We're going to talk about uh, an Islanders prospect who had a heck of a weekend. And then uh, we're going to talk some shit about ESPN because it's just fun. (laughs) So uh, come back in a minute and uh, we'll get to all that. Thanks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They got a whole bunch of new jerseys coming up. Summer be damned. It is jersey season at uh, VintageIceHockey.com. You should check it out. You should also use the code Long Island to save 10% off anything in the store. They also carry our Al Arbor t-shirts and our portion of the sales. Go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Pay, play big pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real. Residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Obviously, there's lots of other sports you could bet on that aren't hockey. You could do that at Betway. Uh, try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena if you're taking in a concert or something this summer. Please play and drink responsibly. Uh, okay, so the NHL Draft 2022 is up on the 7th of July. It's a Wednesday. That's a little bit. No, it's Thursday. Uh, that's a little bit weird for the NHL Draft. It's in, it's in Montreal this year. They have the first overall pick. <laughs> They're kicking around a couple of guys. Shane Wright, this uh, this other guy whose name I can't remember. I don't want to butcher it. Um, the Islanders are picking 13th as of now. That last bit is important because <laughs> I think, as you'll see, uh, Mike and I both kind of feel that that pick might not be uh, used by the Islanders in the draft. Um, you know, I, I'm not a draft hawk. I don't really know. There's a couple of names out there. Connor Geeky is one. Seems to be a pretty good guy. There's a there's a guy named Cutter Gautier, which is one of the coolest damn names I've ever heard in my entire life. So uh, he's apparently pretty good, too. Um, you know, I, I was reading a thing at The Athletic today about, like, you know, what you, what every team needs. It said the Islanders need defensemen. I guess. I don't know. They kind of need everything. I don't think the Islanders really are going to draft for need. Assuming they draft, but uh, I don't think they're going to keep that pick. I think that pick is going to get traded somewhere, and I think it'll end up someplace else, and the Islanders will use it to get some uh, some immediate help. Uh, what do you think? Uh, you kind of felt – it sounded like you kind of felt that way too, but, I mean, is there somebody specific that you think they might be looking at, or you think just generally speaking that that pick is probably in play? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think my feeling for this draft is that I'm looking forward – to it like not because i i <laughs> am a draft talk either i don't know anything <laughs> about these guys and uh but more that for the first time in a couple seasons the islanders i guess really since the first draft for lamarilla where he had two picks um are kind of players i guess you could say mm-hmm. they're they're expected to do something they're uh they have a first round pick and play so there's um uh, there's intrigue to it. Like last year, they didn't have a first round pick the year before. Um, they didn't have a first round pick. The, in the, the previous season, they drafted Simon Holmstrom mm. in a, in a draft where like they were just not expected to do anything. They were kind of uh, flew below the, the radar the whole time. And um, so, and and they now have cap space, which was very different from where they were last year too. So, Whereas last year we were the, the draft was kind of just like something you wanted to get out of the way so that the Islanders can get <laughs> going on on shedding salary and um, 
this year it's yeah it's something I'm I'm looking forward to like uh, I'm pretty excited to, to to watch it and see what happens I I do think uh, if you I think it's it's always less likely that the Islanders tr- like it's less likely no matter what that you trade your first round pick uh, than it is likely um, and that goes for everyone with a first round pick trades are not all that common especially in the first round um, but the fact that there is even a chance. And I think there is, is, is interesting. Like maybe it's like 20%. I don't know. Uh, and the Islanders have, um, like you said, they, they, they need to, to do something to, to put, give a shot, this team a shot in the arm too. So the draft is always one of the times to do that. Uh, we get to watch for the first time in a couple of years, GMs walk to take from table to table, which is always so intriguing. <laughs> uh, you know, you can see Pierre Who's LeBron. on the phone. Yeah, Who's Pierre he talking to? <laughs> Bill Guerin is talking to talking to Joe Sackick, and I don't know if if they're just you know they were they were rivals in the 2002 Olympics, so I don't <laughs> think this is about that. Wink, <laughs> wink. Like, thanks, Pierre. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it in that way. Uh, will it disappoint? Probably, but uh, it's 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 exciting. But there's also definitely part of me that's really worried. Uh, because one of our favorite people on the planet, uh, it's it's just starting to become more apparent to me that there's just a lot of logic pointing to Josh Bailey being mm. traded. Mm. And I'll lay it out like this. So I think if you looked at the Islanders roster and said the Islanders need to clear some cap space to bring in a player of note, um, whoever that may be, uh, to, to upgrade the roster whether it's up front or on the back end, whatever they, they just need to clear space for it. Uh, and so if you look at the roster that the options are pretty much Simeon Varlamov, Anthony Beauvillier or Josh Bailey, unless something really crazy happens, which I don't think will. Um, and that's Varlamov and Bailey both are at 5 million and uh, Beauvillier is like 4.25 or four or five, whatever it is. Uh, so it's, it's all, they're all pretty much in the same salary structure. But I don't think, and I don't want it to be Varlamov for a couple reasons. You're looking at him and Sorokin as a $9 million tandem. That's probably the best yeah. goaltending tandem in the league for bang for your buck wise. Like get those two guys, you're having a potential Vezina winner and Varlamov would probably be the best backup in the league uh, next year. If he, if, if you like run down the list, so $9 million for that tandem is great. Then also if Varlamov, if the Islanders are bad, you can trade. Var- you can still trade him at the deadline, so it's not like he's gonna his value won't diminish uh, because people overpay for rentals, especially one like him. And then, if if things go well and the tandem works, you can and the Islanders when they eventually need a backup to sign a new backup, it could be Simeon Varlamov for two and a half million dollars, <laughs> right? Like wow. he, he'd still be in the organization, he'd be comfortable with his role, mm-hmm. and he'd be coming off a big contract. So you could probably sign him at like a thirty five year old to a two and a half million dollar deal for, for the years following that. And then, um, so I just think it's not going to be, it shouldn't and probably won't be Varlamov. And then, so then it goes down to Bovillier and Bailey. And it just, it, it really does seem like if you're going to delete one of those players from the roster, it'll probably end up being Bailey and incarcerated. Bob <laughs> really sent me the one who sent me into the spiral because he <laughs> tweeted out, just randomly start tweeting out like yeah. he, t- he tweeted out like some Bailey cryptic message about like how he's been dangled. And then just started t- tweeting Bailey highlights the other night. And, and that's when it really, st- I, I started to think like, okay, you're going to need to, 
get in front of this and just start, <laughs> you know, coming to grips with this, that this actually might happen that like they trade Bailey and, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's not something I'm looking forward to. And, and th- with the draft coming up, that's one of the checkpoints of right. it could happen. You know, it could happen tomorrow. It could happen at yeah. the draft. So if, if, it, if, you know, it's just, it's scary to know that uh, these could be, it. this could be it. These, these last couple of days for, for our guy. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, from from the now to the draft, and then after, you know, that's this is the kind of like high alert area, and then after that, you get into the free agency market, and everybody's kind of focused on that stuff. Um, I, I think your logic in terms of Bailey, Varlamov, and Bovillier is probably spot on. Um, yeah, you know, my thing with with the people that want to trade Varlamov is it's like you trade him, and then the first game that that backup goalie loses you're going to be completely mental over it. <laughs> like, and that's what's going to drive you yep. crazy. Like, you don't get that with Varlamov. Like, he's as steady as they come, you know? At least, at least he was until after about the three-month mark of last year. He, he started out kind of rough, but he was coming back from surgery and whatnot. So that's yeah. my problem. You and know? also, just look at what happened in the playoffs. I think 32 goalies right. were used. So it's like yeah. some, some if Sorokin gets hurt and the right. Islanders all of a sudden are, turn, are turning to Casey DeSmith. Right. I mean, the pe- the the Rangers got to the second round because the Penguins are on their third string goalie. It was Louis yeah. Domingue for God's sakes, you know? <laughs> like, and then now you guys want to trade Varlamov? Are you kidding? No. So, um, Beauvillier has the advantage of being the youngest, and still, you know, he's only twenty five. He just turned twenty five a couple of weeks ago, and you know, he still has that potential tag on him, and you know, people are still expecting to see him break out in a big way. And I mean, it's not that it's not possible; it sure, certainly is. Um, but you know, they they have that that hope pinned on him. And then the only guy that's left is Bailey. Now here's my counter argument for Bailey. And it's one number 993. That is the amount of games in an Islanders uniform. Josh Bailey has played <laughs> since 2009. And I can't see them trading a guy who has seven games, seven from playing 1000 in the same uniform. And I get, it. I get all the reasons why yeah, I hope you're right. Like I, I'm not rooting for him to be traded. Like it would kill me to see right. Josh Bailey get that silver stick as a member of right. the Buffalo Sabres or right. something. And, and I will crack in. Yeah. yeah. And, and but those, so those two teams, the Sabres are cracking. I think you could throw the senators in there and sure. the Red Wings. Coyotes. Like, yeah. The Coyote, yeah. Coyotes a little bit too. Like these teams with space, I think the Sabres and senators, especially it's like, mm. make a ton of sense for yeah. Bailey in the, like almost like the Nick Letty kind of trade. Right from last year where it won't cost like the Islanders won't have to attach a, a sweetener. Cause both of these teams will say like, we kind of need this kind of guy. Like, yeah. like the senators say like they need a, a like a middle six winger who, who right. guide these young scorers along. And then the Sabres similarly. Well, I hadn't thought about the Sabres until you brought them up, but you're talking about trading him closer to his home in, yep. uh, in Ontario and also reuniting him yeah. with one Kyle Oposo. And the senators is- would be closer to his home as well. And right. Jack Capuano, like it's right. so like there's just there's, there's there are these like yeah. threads pointing to it, and yeah. it's really it's keep me up at night. Like I, I feel I feel like I'm bothering people. I reach up, I like text them, be like, <laughs> I need to talk to you guys about Josh Bailey. I'm really nervous. Right. Um, and so it's it's just I think it, it, the the dread is very similar to another player who ended up leaving, which was Franz Nielsen. Right. Where yeah. it's just you can't picture him in another uniform and, and then when it happens it, it it's just it really will cut deep i think because right. obviously there's a lot of people out there who don't hold josh bailey in this high regard no. as you me and mark shifley do like there's a lot of people out there who who have been trying to trade josh bailey since 2009 right yeah. um you know those people will celebrate or whatever but 
for the, for those who 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 harbor the same fuzzy feelings for for him, mm. uh, it will feel a lot like Nielsen if he gets dealt. Uh, yeah. I think because whereas Franz Franz left on his own accord and wasn't traded, it kind of felt like he was because. <laughs> Like the the way it went down was very strange and like almost like the the Islanders like made him do it. So right. it wasn't like his choice. Um and uh this one like will obviously be it won't be Bailey's choice. Of course he'd want to stay. So uh I think it just it's we just spent an hour and ten minutes talking about Chris Simon the other night. <laughs> if Josh Bailey gets traded, I'll I shudder to think about how long we would need mm. to talk that through great reminder if you haven't already listened to our episode on weird islanders with our friend eric needell about chris simon you should because it was great uh it was a bit of a snafu when it went up so uh some people might have missed it but check it out because it was a great conversation um yeah uh you know now see now i wish you hadn't mentioned the sabers because now i'm thinking about it yeah and i'm thinking of, and and the sabers have historically been a sort of bit of a dumping ground for unwanted islanders <laughs> over the course of this you know, last five decades um but uh, yeah, I just and, you know, the other thing, too, is like when I think about Andy Green, uh, he had nine hundred and twenty three games with the Devils before he wow. got traded, which is a big difference It's like, you know, 80 whatever game difference um, or 70 game difference. So, I mean, that you're not that close, but man, seven games. Yeah, I can't think of a person that got traded at that. It, that and point. it just makes yeah. so much sense for it to be Bailey. Like, yeah, that but- is like the, the, <laughs> when when they when they talk about his thousandth game, if he does get traded as, and he's playing for the Sabres against the, the, the Canadians or someone. Yeah. And then the next 32 thoughts say, Oh, you know, a couple words about Josh Bailey and mm. of the, of the Buffalo Sabres. He looks rejuvenated. And they, they probably would not be able to mention a single thing about nope. his Islander career, just that yeah. he was, he was a good soldier for the Islanders. Mm. We think um, yeah. for a long time. So we don't yeah, know that's why what, that's what's, that's what's so scary about it is like, this, he's he's the perfect guy to like he's he's almost like Radic Martinek who I know played a couple games with the the Blue Jackets where mm. just the perfect guy that would play 1100 games for the Islanders retire as an mm. Islander and nobody would know who he was outside of Long Island. <laughs> Elliot, can you spare a thought for Josh Bailey who looks rejuvenated as a Buffalo Saber with uh, nine goals <laughs> in his first 25 games? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the new car cast coming up. Uh, yeah, well, and, and the other thing too is like, one, you know, once you get past a thousand games, who the hell cares? Right. So, like, I, I wonder also if, like, you know, we, we're here looking towards the draft, and you know, this is kind of again the sort of like the red alert area now. What if they let him get to that that thousand, get him to like you know, 1,012, and then and then get rid of you know, like that kind of thing, and then make a move? So, right. I mean, I doubt that would happen because again, it's in the middle of the season, but uh, there you go. Uh, speaking of dudes who have a thousand games under their belt, uh, Zdeno Char is apparently going to wait until September to make a decision on what he's going to do uh, for next season and his career. Uh, I don't think he's going to come back to the Islanders, so it sounds to me like he's he's going to decide if he wants to go back and play. He's going to wait for the Bruins to name a coach and then be like, oh, I'm going to play for that guy. And then that's it. <laughs> so there you go. Um, little little draft uh, analysis by two guys who have absolutely no idea what's going on with the draft uh, and just don't want to see Josh Bailey get traded. Yeah, and, um, but I think in terms of like <laughs> hockey spectacle, it'll be fun to watch even yes. if you don't watch a draft because it's in Montreal. They have the first overall pick. There's there's rumors about the Devils really yes. shopping that number two overall pick around as well. Like so, mm. of course, these things always end up you know being like TSN Trade Center where the first mm. it's just a complete flop. But um, yeah. I think 
just the spectacle will be pretty funny because of the crowd and and the market and the fact that they have the first <laughs> the first overall pick. Uh, so definitely. How about, uh, how about Josh Bailey in number thirteen for the Devils number two? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, wow. You know what? If the Devils too. Like I could just yeah. see him being a Devil. Like I'm like sure. ah, like almost 100%. the reverse a, the reverse Ajax and. Yeah, <laughs> and then they oh. trade uh, Pavel Zaka to uh, Vancouver to complete that because for, for some reason the Canucks really want that guy. And then the Islanders get JT Miller, and it works out for everybody. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Done. <laughs> Make it, walk it down. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so uh, keep your uh, ears open. Draft uh, July 7th. Uh, I'm assuming it's on ESPN, which is our next and final <laughs> subject. Um, was the first year for the ESPN and TNT broadcast crews uh, for NHL hockey. They paid a ton of dough. Um, I think for the most part, uh, you know, I probably speak for everybody where I, you know, thought the TNT group was was pretty good. It was very much uh, reminiscent of the NBCSN broadcast we've had. I mean, mainly because of Kenny Albert. I like Kenny Albert. I think he does a good job. He's got a real kind of old school New York, uh, you know, sound. And even with Edzo. Uh, I don't mind them too much. They have a they have a fun rapport. Uh, they they have our guy Brendan Burke on every once in a while, and his partnership with Darren Pang is always fun too. We love the Panger here, and even Butch got some time on TNT, which is nice too. Um, and then the studio show was fine. You know, I could live without Bizonet, whatever. But uh, uh, I did like having Gretzky there, and I think Anson Carter is really good. Um, but on the other side of that coin was ESPN, and I don't know about you guys, and I know you felt the same way. Um, you know, every time I watched a game there, I found it very lacking. Uh, I think Bob Wischusen is really good. Uh, again, you know, I know him from WFAN, so, he, you know, he, he does a good job. I, I like Steve Levy. To me, he's the connection to the old 90s uh, ESPN broadcast, but he doesn't really do he didn't really do a lot of play-by-play this year. They had him in the studio with Messier and Chelios, who bring absolutely nothing to the table. I don't know what they're asking these guys. They, they, they say nothing of import. Chelios, maybe, but Messier... He's like an Easter Island Moai, this guy. I don't get what the fascination with him is other than his name. And then everything else about it kind of was just not good. Sean McDonough, he's fine for baseball. He's got uh, – oh, he's not fine for football. He's got Ray Ferraro with him, who is basically the gold standard as far as like analysts, analysts go. And I don't know. It just feels very blah. And then the less said about John Puchagross and Leah Hextall <laughs> on play-by-play, the better because they were both terrible. I think they recognized that Hextall needs a lot of work. And they got rid of her quickly, but Butchcross was doing play get playoff games, I think. And it was just like, man, what are you doing? Like, just this is not good. Don't don't do this anymore. So there's a long way to go, and and they got a number of years, and they spent a lot of dough. So I have a feeling they're going to do that. I, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of this was very experimental, and like you know. But at the same time, it's as Barry Trotz like to say, the NHL is not a developmental league. It's, it's <laughs> a professional league, and you better be ready. And and if they were doing some experimentation, I can kind of understand that. But at the same time, like. You guys paid a billion dollars for this, and you got John Butchergrass doing play-by-play. What are you doing? Like, just I don't understand. You can't hire new play-by-play guys. Is it really that hard? Anyway, yeah, that's the way I felt. <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, it's it's it felt like they they were just so happy to ha- like. It was almost like someone who, right. like in like the Middle Ages, or someone like when someone would just like invade a territory just to take it, and then yeah. like you know whatever they just had hey gang hockey like yeah exactly right (laughs) so like they just kind of invaded this this territory and like just didn't pay attention to it and uh (laughs) and uh there was i think they were kind of given the benefit of the doubt or thought they had the benefit of the doubt of nostalgia because they Mm -hmm. 
they had the cool theme song and Steve Levy was still around for some reason and Barry Melrose. And Mm -hmm. uh, so they had, they thought that they can just kind of, you know, rest on, on, on their nostalgia capital for an entire season. And it was just, it was just bad. I mean, like you Mm -hmm. said, Bucci Gross was calling battle of Alberta games and the audio was not (laughs) synced. Right. right, Yeah. That was a big problem too. And, and if you just searched ESPN there in those games, everyone would be like, can you guys just, I don't like, like Bucci Gross sucks, but at the very least, can you just get the audio right so I don't know what goal is happening before the <laughs> shot is taken in a playoff game right. between these two amazing hockey markets? Like, this is killing me. Um, and then it just, it was, the good thing about the, the deal was that ESPN Plus is a lot cheaper than NHL.TV and a lot better product than NHL.TV. So, and you had access to every game you wanted basically throughout the entire season. Um, so that was great. Put that aside. You know, that was a, a great thing that happened. Um, but in terms of like their actual product, it was uh, it was just like a D minus. <laughs> and that's being kind yeah. of gener- generous. Um, they you could clearly tell that the people directing the games, I guess, it would be or producing. I don't know what the, the right title would be to do. Uh, were not hockey people, I guess uh, mm. they because there's two examples I can bring up. Um, one was in the Rangers series against the Hurricanes early on in, in one of the games, uh, Keandre Miller flipped the puck out of the zone. It went over the glass and everyone in the Hurricanes was trying to claim it was a penalty. The Rangers were all saying it was deflected and the uh, broadcast just, they went to commercial, which fine, whatever it was TV timeout. You got to do it. And then they came back. They just didn't mention it because, mm. you know, they didn't realize that this is a playoff game. Like that could have been a penalty uh in a huge game that's a big moment and they just kind of ignored it and it there was took- something else in the finals too wasn't there yeah well it was the 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 other one was so so for that one if arthur staple tweeted out like uh <laughs> you know we no penalty on the play and, and all his mentions were oh thank you for clearing that up the broadcast still hasn't like he showed us a replay <laughs> or anything and then so in the stanley cup final last game game six uh the avalanche scored a goal where like pierre mark Belmar or Pierre Edward Belmar um, got like tangled up with Josh Manson behind the play. And that th- you could hear right away um, as the avalanche were breaking out, the, the lightning bench just stood up and started screaming. They were banging their sticks. Belmar was on the ground, like asking for a call. Patrick Maroon ended up two handing Josh Manson in the, in the shin right. after the, after the goal was scored. Um, and they just didn't, acknowledge it for like six minutes like what had happened and why the lightning were mad or should there have been a penalty or not or anything because they just aren't trained to like look for those things because i guess the game moves too fast for whoever's call i don't know <laughs> what it was but it was it took forever for them to do it and a lot of times when you when you suss out those details so they come back from commercial break and they have emily kaplan doing a coach interview um, rather than showing the replay of something important that just happened. And like, we don't need a coach interviewed mm-hmm. in the middle of Stanley cup final of a game, right? Like we just don't, mm-hmm. especially while the game's going on. Like if you want to talk to the coaches to do it at a time where we don't, where, where you don't need to take up half the screen <laughs> with, with the reporter and the coach and then the other half of the game going on. Uh, it's just, that's just not what we want. Like this, it, I think, you know, ESPN obviously is, is they have baseball, they have football and basketball, whatever. But like everyone tries to fit a square peg in a round hole by presenting everything like an NFL football game. Mm. And that's just not how it works. Like the NFL, there's like 45 seconds of action and a half. 
you know, and everything <laughs> else is just, you have 30 seconds between every play to like catch everybody mm. up. Whereas hockey, like you need to do it on the fly and yeah. you can't just like have these kind of pre planned out things that we need to get in. Like if you need to can the Emily Kaplan asking John Cooper, you know, what, what he saw out of Andre Vasilevsky in the first period interview, <laughs> you can can it like, cause we yeah. need to, I need to see the, inter- I need to see the replay of, of what just happened to know like, Oh, are the lightning getting jobbed here? Do they have mm. a, do they have a poem, like uh, a gripe? It's a, whatever it is. So like that kind of stuff just didn't get fixed. And I think that it's like, it, it just shows you that how, how far they have to go to like, do a, a good job because like tsn i'm not tsn tnt did those things and, yeah. and i mean if you watch an islander game on msg plus two right if there was a play where you know scott mayfield got tripped behind the play and the refs missed it and it ends up in the back of the net as that goal as as you know as, as the blue jackets are celebrating that goal we have a replay like mm. we see why the islanders are mad um so it's just it was just poor from from espn in terms of like a broadcast and like like you said, like the less said about yeah. a couple, couple of the people involved, the better. And yeah, uh, it it was just odd that like they had a three man or a three person rotation or or booth or whatever, and and only one of them was actually in the booth. Like <laughs> like that's really weird. Like yeah. they just they just didn't they didn't do well. Um, and it's frustrating because hockey fans are so simple in terms of what they want they just want the, the game is what matters to hockey fans yeah. it's all that matters is the game all the, that's uh, it the coach interviews are a very divisive subject because if you say like i, I don't need this like i don't need because i'm with you like i don't need to, i don't need to hear the coach's thoughts on you know how steven stamkos is playing i kind of get it like you know <laughs> we he's you know wants he either wants more out of him or he thinks he's great like i get that no coach is ever going to tell you anything interesting in any of those spots. Um, but if you were to vocalize that, then it people will make it sound like, you know, why are you restricting our, you know, uh, our, uh, creative freedom here to to bring you something different? I, because I don't want different. Like I don't. <laughs> I just want to watch a hockey game and and feel comfortable and enjoyable and uh, have it be enjoyable. And, you know, it's bad enough, too, when you're when you're the national broadcaster, you're always going to be like be accused of bias like this happens all the time. You know, people when Brendan Burke does, you know, other teams games, I'm sure people are like, oh, yeah, great. They get the Islanders guy like, yeah, you know, but Brendan Brendan's pretty good about that kind of stuff. He calls stuff more or less right down the middle. Um, and so you're dealing with that and, and you're dealing with, you know, being in a, in a different environment. You don't really know. They they study all the players, but they don't really know the nuances. They don't know the, these guys, the way the local guys do. And it's like you said, it's a lot of square pegs and round holes. And then the other thing too, is like they try and do these things to bring out hockey players, personalities. But the bad news is that 99% of these guys don't have one. Like, and I mean, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Like, you know, Nathan McKinnon wins a Stanley Cup and he's talking about going back to Cole Harbor and hanging out with Sidney Crosby. Like, dude, what are you doing? You just want a Stanley Cup. Like, give me a break. I don't want to hear about that guy. I want to talk to you. I want to hear you. And then when they mic them up, it's like, oh, we, we've got Corey Perry mic'd up. Let, let's hear what he had to say when he scored that goal. And it's always like, woohoo, yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, great, thanks. Like, that's what – because we all know that what they're really saying – is a string of F bombs that they can't put on TV. Like that's just, cause that's the way it works. And, and I just, I don't know. There, there is room 
for creativity in a hockey broadcast. But at the end of the day, like you say, hockey fans are simple. They just want the best possible presentation for the game in the simplest way possible. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a way, you know, as much for as much grief as Islanders fans have taken, like we are kind of the prototype of that. Like we're the example of that because you know, they, they moved our team to a venue that had no place to park a car and people went nuts because they just want to drive a car to a, to a hockey game, <laughs> watch the game and drive home, you know, like that. And they couldn't do that. And people didn't like it. And it's, it sounds silly, but it that's the mm-hmm. truth. Like they they were, they was out of their comfort zone and they just want a comfortable experience watching the game, enjoying it and moving on. They don't need all these bells and whistles if they're just going to distract from what they want. And so, I don't know. It's, it's just, yeah. they, everything they tried just didn't work <laughs> basically. And, and it wasn't like what they were trying was all that, right. You know, progressive. And it was, it was, <laughs> they were just trying retreading stuff that might maybe people like in other sports. I don't think so. Yeah. I think people enjoy like, the you know Bill Belichick jogging off at halftime. Hey, coach, mm. you know you're up nine six. What, what do you think? He'll, he'll say something, and you know people then get to react on Twitter to it. But the, <laughs> the thing is, like he's running to the locker room. There's not a game going on while he's saying it. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's a college football thing too, and I, yeah. I think a baseball thing too. I and mean, they started doing that in the, in the dugouts too. And, the, and the, what's the biggest difference between these sports is their breaks built into their right. gameplay. Like their yeah. actual gameplay is filled with breaks mm. um so you can do it like you just for hockey like you said it's 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 you you should broadcast your hockey broadcast should be like nassau coliseum with a better jumbotron like <laughs> good sight lines right sound the fans are involved the fans are on top of the action like mm. they're they're part of the story um and you know that's it like if you want to try things like there's stuff you can do just don't take away from the the easy stuff because if you do what NBC Sports did and, and you and I like I mean it was a little cri- hypocritical because you know we ragged on NBC Sports so much right. um, over the years but what we were mad about was that NBC Sports was doing that right like they were giving you the game with like very um, they were very, giving you what you right. wanted right and, they, they didn't they didn't deviate from the plan for twenty five years right. like that they was the problem yeah they right. didn't take the next step like we were like right. okay you already did it like you did you you got you gave us the baseline like you basically you know OLN did it like mm. you know we the outdoor life network gave us a hockey game and that was it and it was great and I don't you know I didn't care about the fact that I as soon as the game ended you know John Buck Hunter came on right <laughs> after the you know or whatever um all I cared about was that I I just watched the you know, the Blackhawks and Kings play and it was mm. fine uh, and nothing distracted me from it. And I wasn't getting mad. I didn't notice anything uh, that happened. I just watched mm. the game. Uh, so, so once you accomplish that, then you can start to say, okay, like what's the other stuff we can do? And a perfect example of it was something ESPN does really, really well is these kind of, um, I don't know what you call them, sidebar things. And one of them is out right now, the unrivaled Red Wings uh, yeah. Avalanche uh, documentary that that's on. And it's great. I mean, it's so good. It's all 90s hockey nostalgia. It's so good. And all you need to do is give me that stuff after the game, like, and whatever. Like, you call the game, use use the budget to, to develop that kind of stuff to bring to life the, the NHL that we fell in love with when you last had the rights, which was... It, I mean, it's so it's it's so hard to to find like good '90s or early 2000s like NHL documentaries, stories, whatever, because 
it almost feels like it, it happened in a completely different universe. <laughs> nobody was paying attention to it. Nobody cared about it. Nobody was broadcasting it. Um, you, 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 I feel like half the teams were playing in like malls and <laughs> it was very strange. Um, and, uh, if you give me more, like do that stuff, NBC sports never did that stuff. They would just show the yeah. same top 10 show after, after the game ended and after the broadcast ended, it'd be like, Oh, stay tuned for top 10 goals from to 2007, 2008 series. Cause mm. season, cause they didn't like budget out that like, we, we can do some cool stuff cause we have the rights to the NHL. Like, yeah. They, they, they never, they never like pushed the boundaries in, in that way. Like they, they left the game alone, the actual game broadcast alone, which was great. But then the right. other stuff, like the, the supporting kind of stuff was, was what we were like, come on, this is so like, this yeah. is so easy. It's right there for well, you. There's, was, there's tons of stories that you could tell that you just aren't doing. Their supporting stuff was Mike Milbury and Keith Jones t- right. complaining about PK Subban smiling in warmups. Like that was their, their right. extra stuff. I'm actually surprised. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm really surprised that ESPN didn't bring back NHL tonight. Right? Like, yeah, why is that point, not a thing? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, but that was point, such a home run. Like, even if it, yeah. even if I don't need to see John Tortorella and Rick DiPietro sitting on a couch, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> eating like, pizza or right. chicken parm or whatever. Into it. It. Lean into <laughs> the, the, the what you were like. That's when to have right. you know have your nostalgia, like you know, doing lines of nostalgia off of mm. like a counter, or whatever. Like, do it then. <laughs> Like yeah. that's, that's easy. <laughs> right. I, and, and this, this, this Red Wings avalanche thing, which I, I really do recommend, like it's, it's June 27th. And this thing debuted on June 26th. They had an entire season to like put together <laughs> stuff like this. Right. And it's taken this long for, for yeah. them to do the, probably their best work of the entire NHL season Yeah, is after the season ended. So I, it's, it's, mm. if, if they had showed this documentary in like March, you're, you're talking like a, a, then you're all saying like okay like I get it like there's some momentum building they're showing us that that maybe like they're you know the, the full force of, of the of the mouse is coming out here mm. like the, the, they're they're really you know reaching into the coffers to develop some cool stuff um, but no they waited until the end and it's just it, it's incredibly frustrating because I think hockey like hockey fans like we've been saying like all they would do is yell show me the game like show mm. me the game don't care like nobody pays attention to the uh, intermission, like my boss, um, who, who was running ESPN, the magazine for, for years before he came to action network, uh, told me once, and I'll never forget it, that, uh, broadcasters, he was, he was referencing, uh, TNT, I believe for NBA. And he said that the broadcasters, basically all they care about, um, for their, uh, outside of the the ratings, like their actual, like studio show, their pregame, their intermission show and their postgame show. He's like, all they care about is what do other producers think about the show? <laughs> and that's it. He's like, the, 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 the show is the audience for that show mm. is other producers. He's, yeah. And he's like, that's why you don't get anything out of it. Nothing mm. cool comes from it. They don't, they're not like airing. Oh, like stay tuned for the second intermission because we're going to show this like five minute vignette. That's really cool about, you know, player X, you know, Darren mm. Helm. Uh, no, they're, they're just going to show Paul Bissonnette saying something stupid because mm-hmm. they're going to get, you know, their, their friends the next morning are going to yuck it up with them. And yeah. I, I, that I've never forgot that since, <laughs> and this was years ago, he told me this and watching these, these broadcasts and being like, yeah, you know, it makes so much sense. Cause like, there's just, all they care about is, does it look good? Or is mm-hmm. the talent, does the talent get in trouble? No. Does the talent yeah. present themselves? Well, yes. Like that's all they care about. Yeah. And it doesn't, they're not thinking about what does, you know, John Smith from Winnipeg think about the, <laughs> the first period of the game and what can we give him something to take away and think about going into the next period? Yeah. No. That reminds me of my days at the AP when I found out that 
print reporters care for two things in the playoffs in particular, sweeps and no overtime because yeah. <laughs> they get done that much sooner. If they, if they, if there's, if there was a team that had swept every round in the playoffs, and I know that the 83 Sixers came close. They, they only went to five games when that would be the favorite team of every, every print reporter ever, because it just took no overtimes and just four games. And that was it. But yeah, no, I believe you. Uh, what's the name of that, that documentary again? It's called Unrivaled. Unrivaled. Uh, it's on ESPN Plus, yeah. and it's just it's about the ninety six, ninety seven seasons. Uh, mm. Look, looking through the lens of uh, the Avalanche and Red Wings rivalry. That was the Claude Lemieux, yeah, Chris Lemieux. Draper. Yeah. yeah, it's Claude Lemieux right. and Darren McCarty are actually yes. like on stage presenting the movie together and kind of like almost <laughs> narrating it a little bit. That's cool. Um, and it's just it's like that's those my first memories are like those years. Like I remember the, mm. the Devils Stanley Cup in ninety five a little bit because. Uh, you know, as a kindergarten local team, whatever. And then, you know, those, those like late nineties years, it, it truly feels like that, that era of the NHL just happened somewhere completely different and that mm-hmm. nobody knows like, it, like the, the new, new generation of fans. Like if you had showed them a game, a playoff game between like the blues and red wings in 1998 or something, uh, they would just be like, I, this is a, this, I'm, I'm like appalled with what I'm seeing right now, right? Like it's just guys clutching and grabbing, dumping the puck in, shooting from the the red line like all right. the time. Like yeah. it's like such a different animal. And, and and all sports are like this. I mean, how many times do you hear people talk about the NBA? Like, oh man, it was so much better when like Patrick Ewing and Latrell Sprewell were playing. And, uh, <laughs> but it's it's. I just feel like our our sport just doesn't even. It's almost like let's just pretend that never happened. Like it, it, we went from the the Gretzky. Oilers, and then there was a 22 year lockout at Sidney Crosby arrived. <laughs> it does feel like that a little bit, uh, but yeah, all right. So yeah, Unrivaled, check that out on ESPN Plus. And uh, if you're into something a little bit closer to home, and you have the uh, the bundle with ESPN Plus and Disney Plus, you can check out Big Shot, the 30 for 30 on uh, John Spano and the Islanders, which is on Disney Plus. Uh, I put that out there, and people are like, ah, it's not that good. Listen, when they make another documentary about the Islanders, we can compare movies. <laughs> but right now, there is only one. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. I mean, would I want to go into business with John Spano? Hell no. Would I want to uh, go into business with Mike Milbury? Double hell no. But uh, it was a wild time, man. And, you know, and, uh, there's so much of it, even for somebody like me that's read and read and taken in so much of it is still just like, I can't believe this happened. Like right. I can't believe this happened. And and of course there was only one team it could possibly have happened to, right? So uh <laughs> but yeah, check that out if you if you haven't already. Uh directed by Kevin Connolly, of course. So uh I, I enjoyed it and I think Islanders fans will probably enjoy it. If you're not an Islanders fan, I can see you being like, This is, you know, kind of stupid, but it it's pretty wild. Uh so yeah, so there you go. So there's a little bit of hockey uh for you uh to take in before the draft, which again is July seventh. Uh you can also in that time, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Oh, my God. I can't believe we were talking all about the draft, and I totally forgot that William DeFore, Islanders draft pick <laughs> yeah, of forget. 2020, he had, uh, he had a four-goal game uh, in um, St. John's uh, game in the Memorial Cup to send them to the final. They're the host team this year, so they're hosting on Wednesday, the day after you most likely listening to this. Uh, four goals in a game that important is nothing to sneeze at, and that's pretty awesome. He's 6'3", he's 20 years old, he's capable of doing just about anything on the ice. Uh, getting a Memorial Cup would be really something very special. 
you know, I, I was reading the comments today at Lighthouse Hockey, and uh, the name Michael Del Cole was thrown around a lot as a guy who uh, had some pretty good junior numbers that haven't translated into the NHL. Yeah, I get it, but hey, you know what? Until that happens, I'm going to hold out hope. So good job, William. Uh, keep <laughs> it going. Get four more uh, in the Memorial Cup uh, final and uh, take it home. That was pretty cool. It was a, it was a neat thing to see yeah, um, an Islander trending for the right reasons. <laughs> what, what was the, I'm trying to think of the last oh, Islander man. prospect that I mean, uh, I well, don't, Barzell, I, don't know. I guess. Yeah, really, but he but. he was he an island. He, he, I guess he was an Islander yeah. prospect. And, yeah, and, yeah. I, I don't know, Dobson, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah Dobson had a great yeah. great Memorial. Hey, Cup, two yeah, Memorial so, Cups. Yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. But uh, um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be funny. But he like the Islanders. It's I think you're gonna, we're gonna hear a lot about the fact that the Islanders. Uh, prospect pool is is hmm. pretty bar- barren and it is but uh between defore uh ratu and simon holmstrom had a good season mm-hmm. uh, as we were talking about last year last episode samuel bolduc and bolduc yeah like <laughs> there's there some like guys who are close enough that like right. there's enough time for them to at least you know stave yeah. off the uh where it was you know in, the, in that chris simon episode we kind of talked about how that 2006 2007 team had uh i think it was three islander homegrown <laughs> draft picks players who were drafted by the islanders so like we're yeah. it's going to be a long like we're not at that part where it's like gar snow was like yeah no like we have to trade down 16 times in the draft mm. just to like mm-hmm. be able to field an, an ahl team next year because yeah. we don't have enough guys who are in the organization um <laughs> you know D- dustin cohen and mark caddick are, are are not going to be able to play 60 minutes a game so right yeah. uh yeah, we're not. I don't think we're we're there, and I think it's it. It's not something you should be worried about right now because the Islanders are expected to contend. Hmm. So you don't you don't worry about having a barren prospect pool until uh, you're you're truly screwed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm still holding out hope for Mitch Vandesample. That's my guy. Yeah. I, I want this is the year. I about him. This is the year for the, the year of Vandesample. It's gonna year happen. The Vandesample. That's right. <laughs> he's the only guy draft. He he was drafted uh, when they drafted Josh Bailey, and now uh, if Bailey gets traded, it's his it's his turn finally <laughs> <laughs> after twenty years. Uh, we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, so there you go. I almost forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, so make sure you read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll do something for the draft. The uh, SB Nation mock draft is being done right now. Dom picked some kid. I don't know. I never heard of this guy. I trust Dom. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, those, those are always fun. Uh, again, the one I said this before. The one time I took a guess on uh, who the Islanders would draft, it was Griffin Reinhardt, and I was right. And uh, well, I, I, we don't need to get into it. Uh, but anyway, anyway, so I look for that uh, coming up soon too. And uh, we will be back next week with a our final uh, episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast for this season. For the season, we'll be back next season. Don't worry. But uh, again, if you haven't checked out the Chris Simon episode, it is absolutely hilarious. And uh, boy, a lot of memories of a guy who did not play for the Islanders for very long. And I uh, hope you like suspensions because that's uh, a <laughs> real, real key to the whole thing there, the whole Chris Simon experience. And we'll be back next week with the Weird Islanders. And then after that, we'll be back uh, with probably a post-draft and then maybe a post-free agency. We haven't figured it out. We're probably going to play it by ear, see, see how active the Islanders are. And, uh, you know, go by that. But uh, you got a couple more episodes of us to go before we uh, we disappear for the summer and go back to our, our cabins in the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the woods, the wilds of Canada. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. So so what's on tap for you? Are you is your this your off season or are you still I mean, obviously, you're still going to work on stuff. But like, what, yeah. what's the next thing for you guys over there? 
Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, we we have a partnership with the the New York Post of all places, and so I'm doing <laughs> some stuff for them. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I'll take some time off yeah. and go to the cabin. But um, <laughs> well, Uncle Sam came knocking for me uh, for for jury duty, so oh. I was planning on I was planning on taking off uh, yeah. for a couple weeks in July. But now I'm uh, I got to do my civic duty uh, you got for, to. for for good old for good old Uncle Sam who who. Uh, mm. has, has done nothing but disappoint. As of late. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I hope for your sake that, uh, you get you know, the, uh, maybe the, the opposing counsel in the jury selection process, uh, is either an Islanders fan or a big Rangers fan. Yeah. And you could use that to your advantage to, uh, perhaps get yourself excluded and, uh, and, uh, you know, thrown out of jury, the jury duty pool forever. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> we'll see what happens. That would be great. But uh, uh, good luck with that. So if you disappear for a few days now, I'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again very shortly. And uh, I guess that's about it. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.